are glad you all made it out tonight. Uh, thank you all for braving the traffic and, and doing, making all the sacrifices you had to make to be here to meet with the most important person in the entire universe, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Tonight we are at the tail end of a sermon series called Fast Forward, and tonight we'll be speaking about the benefits of prayer and fasting. You know, growing up, I didn't know much about prayer and fasting. I, me and my family, we grew up Catholic, and we were not those good Catholics, okay? Like, some of you know what I'm talking about. We were not those good Catholics. We went to church on New Year's, and we went to church on Easter, We didn't even go to church on Christmas, okay? Like, that was us. And there was one time of year that especially we avoided the church like the plague, okay? There's this one time of year in the words of the famous theologians, Lennon and McCartney, we would say, hello, goodbye, right? We we would not don the doors of the church. And this time of year was called Lent. Some of you know where I'm going with this. This was the time of year when people would show up to work, they would show up to school with a, a cross on their forehead made of ash, and for about the rest of the month or so, they would just complain about how they don't get to eat meat, but they would eat fish, or, and they would complain about they can't eat chocolate or ice cream. And so my family, we made sure that we stayed away from church at that time because we love food. I mean, (laughs) we just love to eat. And now that I've given my life to Jesus, now that I've become a follower of Christ, it's interesting to see how much Jesus had to say about fasting. Growing up, I just kind of thought in my naive way that it was just kind of a Catholic thing. But now I see from Scripture that fasting is a follower of Jesus thing. So what is fasting? Fasting is denying ourselves something for a time and focusing that time on God. The most common biblical fast in scripture is to fast food. And no, I don't mean that cheap, greasy, delicious, barbecued, covered McRib with the two perfectly placed pickles that only comes around like a Christmas present at December so you can open it up and just enjoy the goodness of Ronald McDonald and his family. Okay? I'm not talking about that kind of fast food, but when we fast, there's several different kinds of ways to fast food. You can fast and and have no food and only drink water. Another way is, is have no food and only have fruit and vegetable juices plus water. Some will eat certain foods and have juices and have water. How often should you fast? There isn't a hard and fast number in scripture, but Jesus did say this in Matthew chapter 6 verse 16. He said, and when you fast. And this is one of those scriptures where what we realize is Jesus is speaking to his followers and he's assuming that they will be in the habit of fasting. And so as for frequency, some will fast for one meal every so often. Some will fast three days or up to seven days in a row. Others will do 40 days straight, and those are the people, if you've ever seen, like, the Ten Commandments, they get done with fasting, and, like, their hair's all white, and they're, like, glowing because they've been in the presence of the Lord. But if you've never, ever fasted food, I would recommend that you prayerfully consider it. And, and if you are not in the best of health, definitely talk to a doctor first. But once you do, once you make that decision to flex your spiritual muscles in this way, I would recommend that you do something that challenges you. If you fasted one day, consider fasting a couple days. 
If you fasted one meal, maybe consider fasting an entire day. No one in the room is too young. No one in the room is too new in their faith. No one in the room is, is too old or, or beyond the opportunity to experience God in this way. And just the way Scripture encourages us to fast food, it's also okay to fast things in your life that might be distracting you. For instance, if fasting is denying ourselves something for a time and focusing that time on God, then you can fast by giving up Netflix and Hulu for a couple weeks. Some of you are like, um... Staying off Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook for a month. And I know, some of you can feel eyes on you right now. You're like... No, I'm just going to avoid the glares. Some of you getting that look from your best friend. You can fast listening to secular music and replacing it with worship music. You can even fast and not date for a year. I know. And some of our amazing young adults in the room are like, I don't, I, that was not the Lord. <laughs> uh-uh. I rebuke you, devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> My, I think my favorite personal fast of all time is, is I love to fast vegetables and healthy foods. <laughs> just, just kidding. Some of you are like, I'm not sure he is kidding, right? <laughs> and all the guys in the room with a pancita are like, amen, fast the vegetables. <laughs> Others of you are tempted to fast going to work or fast doing your homework or fast taking out the trash. But let me tell you, resist that urge. But regardless of what you fast, listen, the why is so important. Remember these words concerning David, the once shepherd boy turned giant slayer, turned king of Israel. He said this in Psalm 51, verse 16. He said, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. In other words, you don't want me to, to kill an animal. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You do not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O God. And then in 1 Samuel 16, speaking of David, the prophet says, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, the discussion here is motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? And notice what God has to say about the heart. He is looking for a heart that is repentant. That means a heart that is reflective and taking honest inventory of its true condition. Asking questions like, God, am I bitter? God, is there, is there unforgiveness that, that I need to trust you to, to relinquish from my life? Am I jealous? Is there an area where I am battling selfishness? This means having a heart that is willing to turn from anything and everything that displeases God. That's asking God, have I done anything that hurts your heart? God, have I said anything that displeases you? Or have I not said something that you asked me to say? Or have I not done something that you've asked of me to do? You see, a healthy fast that honors God begins with healthy motives. But if we're honest... Many of us, when we start the conversation about fasting in our minds, we kind of believe that fasting is kind of a way that we can work to impress God and, and kind of twist his arm. But understand this, just as God wasn't impressed 
when his people were working to sacrifice animals, God, was, God isn't impressed when we work to sacrifice our bodies. God is intimately concerned with the condition of our hearts. And when you fast with the right heart, you'll find that we fast forward by seeking God's face, not his hands. Let me say that again, that we fast forward by seeking God's face and not his hands. Fasting that pleases God is predicated by a focus on who God is, not just what God can do for you. And if you're here and you're considering fasting, let me share with you a few reasons why I believe you should go from thinking about it and considering it to doing it. If you're here and you feel distant from God, your once fiery love for him has grown cold, Understand this, that when we fast, it's like retuning our heartstrings to the key of our Father. That when we fast, we're giving God time and we're giving God space to begin to move in our lives and break down walls and barriers that keep us from Him. Another great reason to fast is if you're distracted by the busyness and cares of our lives. You see, if Fasting is denying ourselves something for a time and focusing that time on God. Then that means refocusing and redirecting our attention from our situation to our Savior. It means doing whatever it takes to help us magnify God. Kind of like when you were a kid and you would take that magnifying glass, you know what, and you'd go out to the grass and you'd find those ants, you know, and you're like, I'll show those ants who's boss. Right? And, and you get there with the magnifying glass and, and the sun starts, starts beaming in. And, you know, and, and here's the idea. When you, you magnify God, you're not making him any bigger. You're just making him bigger in your own eyes. The, the song says that the things of this world will go strangely dim. The idea is that when we magnify God, our situations and our issues and our problems began to shrink in size and in strength and in power when we realize that the God we serve is able, the God we serve is capable, he's powerful, he's in control. And fasting keeps us from majoring on the minors. It refocuses our vision. Why should you fast? If you truly desire to seek God's face and not his hands. Or if you're here and say, you know what? I want to desire to seek his face and not his hands. Listen to Psalm 107.9. It says, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. The psalmist is saying that God alone can truly satisfy. Hear me here, friends. No boyfriend, no girlfriend, no husband, no wife, no, no job, no career, no anything you can do can ever bear the weight of the expectations that you place on it. In our lives, we are looking for things to satisfy us and fulfill us and give us complete joy, to take away our pain, to ease our loneliness. But when we ascribe that kind of expectation, when we ascribe that kind of pressure to a person, or to a thing, or to a career path, or a job, you have to understand that it's a crushing weight that only suffocates. That no person, no wife, no girlfriend, no husband could ever match up and stand up to the weight of expectation that you place on them. God alone can satisfy because he created us that way. He created us that way. And so many of us spend so much of our lives thinking, man, I'm just half a person. 
I'm just looking for my other half. If I could just have my other half, I'll be complete. But listen, you don't need another person to make you complete. You need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus is talking here. This is, this is one of my favorite scriptures. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And here's what Jesus is saying. If we will hunger and thirst for him, if we will hunger and thirst for him more than those carne asada tacos and the fresh squeezed lemonade from Mama Margie's, mm, more than the tres leches from Blanca's cake shop over on Calabra, more than those lemon pepper hot wings from Wingstop down the road. Man, it, it, even more, some of you who, who, who are fasting or in the middle of fasting, even more than that disgusting bologna and spam sandwich that would normally make you like throw up in your mouth a little bit, but now it sounds tantalizing and exciting. If you will hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you will hunger and thirst to be right with God more than anything else, to have a heart that is clean before him, listen, he will fill you. He will satisfy you. He will be more than enough. Amen. Why pray? Why fast? Because fasting can deepen your faith and your trust in God. The more frequently you fast and spend time with God, the more you see him showing up and answering your prayers for your family, your coworkers, for your church, for your city, for your country the more your faith and trust in him will deepen because fasting has the potential to accelerate spiritual growth in your life. And the more the Holy Spirit will quicken the word of God in your heart and his truth will become more meaningful to you, the more you'll have faith to believe because you've seen what he can do. Friends, it's hard to doubt that God is good and God is real when you see him saving your unsafe family. It's hard to doubt that God is real and God is good when you see him answer the prayers for healing that you pray over others. And another reason why I would encourage you to fast is if you need discernment. If you're trusting God with some big decision or some prayer request, because when we make space for God by removing distractions and asking him to cleanse our hearts and become hungry for him, we are making the conditions optimal for him to speak clearly. James 1.5, these words were penned by the brother of Jesus. Here's what he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generally to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now notice, not once in our talk today do we say, give up this and give up that, then you'll impress God, then you'll twist his arm, then you'll earn his favor. Additionally, notice that whenever we talk about fasting and giving up something, we always talk about what you're replacing it with. Because fasting without prayer is just dieting. Surprise. So many of us were like, I'm fasting today. I look good, right, honey? Right? Fasting without prayer, my friends, is just dieting. And if you're ready to grow in God, let me encourage you to, number one, make time for prayer and fasting. Calendar it. Set it aside. Don't fill up that time when you're not eating or when you're not watching TV or you're not on the internet by running errands or doing homework or, or doing your makeup. Lord knows, ladies, you need so much time sometimes to do all that. Not that you need it foot out of mouth, right? 
Instead, instead, may it be that we take that time and we read his word. What would have been mealtime is now a time to feast on his scripture. That we'd meditate on him even when we wake up in the middle of the night to that rumbling of our tummies. That we would sing praises to him every moment we get regardless of how off key we are. It's okay, we're not going to give you a microphone, so, so just do it. Focus on your heavenly Father and make every act an act of worship. James 4.8 says this, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Amen. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And here's the other side, just as much as God is ready and waiting to draw near to you, there is also an enemy that when you fast, you become a target. Because he knows fasting is is one of the most powerful of Christian disciplines when it's done right. And the enemy knows that God may be on the cusp of of showing you something very special and doing something very special in your life if you will just wait on him and seek his face. And the enemy doesn't want you to grow in your faith. And he'll do whatever it takes to make you give up and break your fast from distractions to work trouble to family trouble. But here's the good news. We can resist temptation as we pray. Number two, decide how and how long you're going to fast. Are you going to just drink water? Are you going to do juices and water? Have you spoken to your doctor? As I was doing some research for this message, um, one author and pastor said it's recommended that a couple days before you cut out caffeine, that you cut out sugar and you eat only raw food two days, raw vegetables, up to two days before the fast, and you're like, ooh. Are you going to fast music? Are you going to fast social media? Decide how and how long you're going to fast. And number three, check your heart and examine your motives. Examine your motives. Remember, we fast forward by seeking God's face and not his hands. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So here's what we'd like to do. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes all around this room as our prayer team comes up to the front. If you're here and you know you are far away from God, you felt far away, you used to be close perhaps, but, but you've run from him since then. You've, you've done some stuff you're not proud of, but, but now you're ready to come back. You've heard how good he is. You've heard the stories of his mercy. You've heard of his great love for you. And you're here and you would say, you know what, Pastor Tito, I, I feel so disconnected from him. I feel so far away. If that's you, if you would just raise your hand all around this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I see those hands. I see those hands. You can put them down. And and in just a moment, we're going to invite you to join us at the front and pray with one of our prayer team who they just want to wrap an arm around your neck. Or if you're a germaphobe, then they'll just kind of, you know, from a distance pray for you. But in, but in just a moment, we're going to invite you to come up the front and let someone pray with you and help lead you in the greatest decision of your life to give your life back to Jesus.
And here's the second call tonight. If you're here and you can honestly say, Pastor, I've been so busy seeking God's hands that I've grown distracted. And I'm ready to seek his face again. If you're honest, you may say, my life has been so busy and so chaotic. You just, you just want to slow down. You just want to ask God for a fresh touch. You just want him to refill you with his Holy Spirit. You feel dry and you're ready to be refreshed. If that's you in this room, if you would just raise your hand wherever you are, that's me. I just, I just need a touch from him. I love Jesus. I'm saved, but gosh, I just need him some more right now. Thank you. Hands going up all around this place. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Here's the last call. You are praying for some wisdom and some discernment in a very particular area of your life. And you'd like for someone to just join and pray for you. If that's you, if, if you are any one of those three calls tonight, if we could all stand all around this place, and if that's you, if you would make your way to the front, make your way to the front and let one of our prayer team pray for you. And here's what I'd like for, for, for us to do as, as a body of Christ, as, as our brothers and sisters are coming to the front, symbolically as they approach God's throne, as they approach his secret place, if we could as a body of Christ, if we could close our eyes and just stretch a hand forward to them. And just for the next few moments, if we could encourage our brothers and sisters by praying for them as we would want someone to be praying for us. If we would pray with the fervency and the intensity of a people who know that our God can move mountains. If we would pray with the fervor of a family of believers who know that we serve a Jesus who was once dead but was so powerful that he defeated death, that he defeated hell, and that he defeated the grave. Come on, family, let's pray tonight. Lord, we love you. Yes, God. God, we trust you tonight. God, we believe what you're doing in this place. God, we thank you for being a God worth following, for being a God, God, worth serving and living for. God, we thank you, God, for every person here in this room, every person here who's decided to make you a priority. God, every person here who says, you know what, it doesn't matter. All I want is some more Jesus tonight. All I want is to know him and make him known. Jesus, God, that you would do it in this place. God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, Jesus. God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, Jesus. God, you are what we seek. God, we're not seeking your hands in these moments. God, we're seeking your face. God, we believe that you're answering prayers all around this room. God, for some in this room, Lord, you are proving yourself right now to be Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. God, for others in this room, you're proving yourself, God, to be Rapha, a, a great healer. God, for others in this room, God, you're a banner of strength and protection. For others, you're a fortress, God. When the world is caving in, when they feel like they can't trust anybody, God, right now they are running to you for security and for safety in this place. Jesus, for others in this room, Father, you're a comforter. 
God, and, and when, it's, when, when we feel like we can't even control our emotions, when you're, we're inconsolable, God, that you come in and you wrap your arms around us and you speak peace in the middle of situations and circumstances that don't deserve and don't warrant peace. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you that you made a way. Scripture says that by your stripes we were healed. That the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. God, thank you that we serve you and that you are able and you are capable to do more than we could ask, more than we could think, more than we can imagine. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, family, let's just throw our hands in the air right now. God, we just invite you to our situations, to our circumstances. God, we invite you to our homes. God, that you would lead us. God, you would lead us. God, we invite you into our workplaces, Father. God, we invite you, God, to, to, to the decisions that we make. God, we even invite you to those conversations that we have with our best friends. That when we give advice and counsel, God, we invite your Holy Spirit into those very conversations. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, use that prayer language. Let's intercede on behalf of our brothers and sisters in this room. God, thank you that you care. God, you're intimately concerned with the details of our lives. God, you've made a way. God, that when we take our eyes off of our situations and when we put our eyes on you, God, you are able to do so much more. God, we love you. God, we trust you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. God, thank you for what you're doing in this place, Jesus. God, thank you for the healing that's happening, God. God, all around this room, Jesus. All around this room, Jesus. Feel free, even in your seats, if, if you feel led to ask the person next to you, hey, is there, is there something I could pray for you for? Is there something that I could be believing with you for together? And let's just be the body of Christ for a moment. Jesus, we love you. God, thank you, God, for what you've done in our lives. God, that when we live for you, that when we serve you, God, it's not out of obligation. It's not because we have to. It's not because we feel guilty. God, it's because you've done such a great work in our life that we're so grateful that we can't help but follow you and live for you and go after you and we, and we can't help but serve you. Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.